Sabina greenlights a mine in the Arctic, and Chile says no to a new constitution. You're listening to Kiko Roundtable. I'm your host, Michael McCurry. Kiko correspondent Paul Harris is in. How you doing, Paul? Hey, Michael. Good morning. And with us is our now Sarah Busman, President and CEO of MineHub Technologies. How are you doing, Arnau? I'm good. Very good. Thank you. Arnau, what is MineHub? MineHub is a platform that's focused on taking a lot of cost and risk out of uh, mining and metal supply chains. We use blockchain technology and we're starting to roll it out into some of the biggest business networks on the planet. Let's turn to macro. After an August shellacking, markets and commodities were keen to turn the page. We ended the first week of September on a good note, though. Gold rose on Friday as the dollar weakened, although prospects of more rate hikes from the U.S. Federal Reserve kept a lid on further gains. Spot gold hit a high today of 1729. Bitcoin also spiked above 21,000. Copper finished the week at around 350 pound a range, and oil is trading in the mid 80s a barrel. All eyes are turning to China. Uh, deflating property bubble, COVID lockdowns, restrictions on lending, and electricity shortages have all slowed China's economy, a major commodity importer. Economists are looking ahead to the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China to be held mid-October, which will set the country's economic agenda. Paul, got any mining headlines for us? Oh yes, Michael. Um, many ways, the big news of the week uh, last Sunday: voters in Chile rejected a new constitution. More than twelve and a half million voters turned out in a mandatory vote, uh, but just thirty-eight percent voted to approve the draft constitution. So about a two-thirds for, sorry, two-thirds against, one-third for. Markets and miners saw this as a positive. As President Gabriel Boric, who was elected to bring about social change in Chile and create a more equal society, will now have to work with parties across the political spectrum to give continuity and new life to the constitutional process. So the the, out, the outshot there is people are expecting things to be the change to be much more moderate than some of the things that were contained within the draft constitution. A number of gold juniors issued economic studies in the immediate run-up to the Colorado conferences starting next week. Sabina Gold and Silver has made a formal construction decision to build the Goose Mine at its Back River project in Nunavut in Canada. The company said it is ready for full construction to commence next year, with first production expected in early 2025 at around 223,000 ounces a year. Sabina has arranged over $800 million Canadian of project financing via debt streaming and equity, and the project has an estimated initial capital cost of $610 million. The company said it has seen average cost inflation 14% since March last year and 20% cost escalation in purchases made so far this year. Sticking in Canada, Skeena Resources announced a feasibility study for its SK Creek Gold Silver project in the Golden Triangle of British Columbia. The development will produce 352,000 ounces a year of gold equivalent for nine years at an all-in sustaining cost of 652 US dollars per ounce. CapEx there jumped 21% to 592 million Canadian. The project will yield an after-tax internal rate of return of more than 50% with a 1.5-year payback. Still in Canada, O3 Mining announced a pre-feasibility study for its Marvin Gold project near Valdor in Quebec. It features an increased production profile of 161,000 ounces a year for 10 years, from 115,000 ounces in the 2020 preliminary economic assessment. The change production profile is supported by a 50% increase in mill throughput and a lower cutoff grade. 
The scale change boosts CapEx 70% to $435 million Canadian. However, many of the other financial aspects remain close to the PEA. For example, the IRR is a similar 23.2%. Moneta Gold also uh, Gold announced a preliminary economic assessment for its Tower Gold project in Ontario, unifying the Garrison and Golden Highway projects or deposits, which previously had independent PEAs on them. The combined project will produce 193,000 ounces a year of gold for 24 years at an all-in sustaining cost of 1,073 US dollars per ounce, following an initial capital investment of $517 million Canadian. The project there has an after-tax internal rate of return of 31.7% and a 2.2 year payback. Finally, FPX Nickel announced an internal engineering scoping study which shows that its Baptiste Nickel project in British Columbia has the potential to become the world's largest integrated nickel sulfate production facility directly linked into the EV battery supply chain. An integrated nickel operation at Baptiste will produce 43,500 tonnes per of nickel for 35 years in nickel sulfate, either as crystals or solution. The proposed design would also produce 650 tonnes per year of cobalt. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I'd like to note that uh, we do have a video that'll be going up today uh, where I talked to uh, Walter Coles, that's a CEO of Skeena Resources, and uh, talking about uh, the feasibility study and uh, what the plans are going forward. Arnal, I'd like to bring you back. Uh, help us out. Uh, what customers are you targeting? Uh, you seem to have a, a lot of miners there right now. I just mentioned because uh, I hear the word supply chain, uh, but uh, it assumes that uh, you have a specific focus in terms of the customers that you're seeking. Yeah, I mean, our solution is quite, a platform is quite agnostic, works across commodities and products, but we've, we've taken a go-to-market focus really on the mining and uh, mining and metal sector. We, um, we're building an industry platform or we've built an industry platform that will ultimately connect the industry. To get there, we need to really work on getting to critical mass, right? And uh, so there's a couple of companies and partners that can get us there. And luckily, we uh, we have started working with them. Or not luckily, we've been working hard for many years to, to get to this stage. Um, so that's that's the rationale. Uh, help us out because um, um, the I've, I've, you know I've heard of a number of companies uh, that have uh, been in this space before uh, around uh, you know a blockchain around actually kind of uh, sorting out what is happening with supply chains. Uh, what has been your differentiator at uh, Minehub? I think the way we use the technology uh, for us, it's it's really a, um, a a tool to solve some big hurdles to resistance uh, and that that's about it we if you think about it you want to build a platform you need to run a shared a, 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 a shared database and if you've then got multiple competitors they don't want to share a database they want to run data by themselves and then only share what they absolutely have to like they do now so we we use the technology for that and it helps us with regulatory compliance in particular jurisdictions like uh, like china the the game changer that we have is that we actually have a mature industrial grade platform that is production ready that has been accepted by the biggest uh, participants in the industry and that is now being being rolled out i think we are, we are very advanced in that stage uh, compared to others uh are now i think you also uh failed to mention uh, some domain expertise but uh paul uh you had a question for now 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to sort of dig into this a little bit more. Um, I can really understand the, the the cost synergies that come out from taking out the sort of bureaucracy of the supply chain, the ordering process and things like that. Um, but what other advantages will, will it provide? Will it enable, I don't know, the, the agglomeration of orders for, I don't know, grinding bulls or furic acid, you know, the, the main inputs into the processes? I, th- I think there's a, there's a number, depending on which side of the supply chain you are, what role you play. If you're a mining company, uh, I think the days of being competing just on pushing as much product uh, and uh, competing on commodity prices, they may they may not end. But I think you can people can do better than that. So competing on a digital uh, on a customer experience level next to that. So if you if you think about the uh, the visibility you can give to your customers, real time visibility on shipments, that's that's a game changer by going going digital. Risk management, having real-time grips on what's happening out there in your supply chains or your inbound cargo, what that means for your critical stockpile, uh, those aspects are, are absolutely critical. Cash flows, you mentioned at the beginning uh, as one of the headlines of lockdowns in, in, in China. Lots of companies, uh, mining companies, they couldn't get paid uh, by their customers in China and the banks, not because the boats couldn't uh, unload the car, discharge the cargo, but there, there were no couriers allowed to deliver paper documents to banks and customers. That's it, uh, which immediately affects the payment cycle. So those kind of things are, are, are absolutely um, pain points that have been there for ages. And now we're, we're, we're attacking those. Why are you building on the C? Why are you building on the uh, blockchain or now? Because nobody trusts somebody to uh, hang on to, to look after the data. I mean, in the B2C world, we've seen examples of the big social media platforms that are not necessarily uh, looking, always looking after the best interest of the of the data owners, being the individual users. Um, and in B2B industry, particularly in very competitive industries like uh, commodities, uh, sharing data is pretty much a no-go. Right? And there are no mechanisms other than blockchain technology that help uh, ensure that each company has full control over their data assets and only share the, the minimum, what they need to share with that kind of parties. Is, uh, is the blockchain, uh, it just in terms of an investor interest and then building the company, because it's a bit of a double-edged sword because um, crypto and blockchain have certainly had, um, you know, had the renaissance uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, I, I could probably safely say it's just a little bit out of favor right now. Um, is, it, um, is it a potential headwind for the company or now? It's a headwind in terms of the, uh, the the market valuation and raising capital in that, that regards. Um, but um, ultimately, I think we will be decoupled from, from crypto uh, cycles as companies better understand the needs and the, the, um, the nature of blockchain technology. So we have nothing to do with crypto. It's not even there. We use parts of that technology set, yet the market probably still puts us in that space, uh, hopefully for the last time. Uh, what, um, so you've, uh, on this interview and you've had previous interviews, uh, you've talked about, uh, kind of the, uh, very manual nature of, uh, just being able to kind of, uh, look at, uh, logistics, uh, say they do, say the mine hub, uh, solution is, uh, implemented. It's the full technology stack that you would like, as well as all of the other technology stacks or all of the modernization that could actually happen around logistics chains. What would be the advantage? What would you actually see? What would actually be better uh, for these large miners if it was, um, if it, uh, if there was a full tech uh, implemented tech solution? 
I think a lot less um, people needing to do really manual, boring work and receiving documents, unpacking them, reconciling them, etc. So um, by removing that type of work, you not just create efficiency, but you're actually creating a, a new jobs that the newer generation would like to work in. So it's in a way, it's strategic workforce planning. It will delight customers. Uh, I mean, if uh, Mark, if you buy something on Amazon or AliExpress, you've got a really good handle on what you bought, where it is, uh, where you're going to get it, etc. If you do that in mining and metals, you need a team of uh, five operators to uh, to figure out where the material is. Is it the right material? What if it's not good? Uh, do we need to adjust pricing? Uh, when am I going to get it? Is it getting to the same point? All those things, right, are, are huge friction. In fact, if you look at what um, uh, operations teams in these companies look at, a lot of it is just collecting data, verifying it, and tracking changes to it across multiple parties, rekeying it into different systems. Well, we we take away all that pain, all that friction. So it's it's much closer to a uh, to a let's say a digital environment that most industries have already achieved ten years ago. You're uh, painting a picture of a lot and a lot of Excel uh, spreadsheets are now. Um, let's turn to our number of the week. Uh, Paul, you had a couple. Yes. Um, Regina Morta Est, Vivat Rex. Um, Queen Elizabeth died, 96-year-old, 70-year reign. Um, she visited my number of the week, 117, with a sub-number of 22. That 117 is the number of countries she visited. And 22 is the number of visits she made to Canada more than any other country. My number of the week, it's a callback, 21%. Uh, it was interesting with uh, Skeena having a feasibility study coming out uh, after its pre-feasibility study. And uh, this uh, capital cost estimation was done really during uh, the beginning of the year when you could see the full impact of inflationary pressures. Skeena Resources Open Pit Mine laid out $451 million capex. That was a 21% increase from the July 2021 pre-feasibility study estimates. Costs again, climbing on inflation pressures. That's it for us. Arnau, what can you look forward to over the next 12 months at MineHub? Just uh, starting the rollout of MineHub industry uh, world domination uh, begins with one step, right? And that's where that's where we are. So we work with, with the privilege to work with fantastic companies with great business networks. And that's what we're going to do, transform this industry. Follow me at Michael McCray on Twitter. That's McCray with two C's. Paul is at Paul Harris Gold. Or now, how, how can people get a hold of you in MineHub? Uh, go to our website, www.mineup.com. I'm ironout at mineup.com. You can send me an email. And there's more information on several exchanges. We are trading on the ticker symbol MHUB on the TSXP. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. Don't forget to subscribe. On behalf of Paul Harris, Arnau Starbusman, and myself, have a pleasant weekend.